distinct pleasure to introduce our final two speakers for the day. The first is Dr. Phil Takeshta, a low vision optometrist who serves as a consulting director of low vision here at Braille Institute. He is also the chief of optometry at the Center for the Partially Sighted and an adjunct professor at the Southern California College of Optometry. Dr. Takeshta has lectured extensively across the nation on topics of low vision, computer technology, and assistive technology for children and adults with low vision. Today, Dr. Takeshta will talk about some of the new technological advancements that can help you in your day-to-day -day life. Our second speaker is Stephen Bauer, Adaptive Technology Specialist for the Youth and Career Services Program at Braille Institute's Orange County Center in Anaheim. Mr. Bauer is a graduate of the University of California at Santa Barbara, where he majored in English Literature and Speech Communications. Blind his entire life, Mr. Bauer began using adaptive technology 25 years ago, starting with an Apple computer in the early 1980s. It was around that time that he began a successful career in broadcasting that lasted until 2002. In 2003, Mr. Bauer shifted gears and began teaching Braille. The following year, he was hired by Braille Institute as an instructor in that capacity. This past January, Mr. Bauer took on the position of Adaptive Technology Specialist. Today, he will share with you information about the latest computer technology for people who are blind and visually impaired. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Bill Takeshta and Stephen Bauer. Well, good morning, everybody, and, and thank you very, very much for coming. I think it's just wonderful that some of you take the time and effort to come here. Uh, just a little bit about my own experiences. Uh, for 18 years, I was a low-vision optometrist where I treated children and adults who suffered from low vision. And uh, about five years ago, I started to develop my own loss of vision, and at the present time, I, I'm totally blind. So, so much of what you're going through right now with macular degeneration, uh, I, I do understand what you're going through because I've gone from being perfect 20-20 eyesight to being visually impaired to being partially sighted to being legally blind and now I'm uh, totally blind. So, you know, I'm, I'm the whole buffet there, right? So, so some of the things that I want to tell you though is that vision is something that is a learned and it's a, a developed skill. And for most of you, for 60 years of your life, or maybe even longer, you use your vision in a particular way. You would use the macula of your retina to be able to identify details. You would be able to use your macula to be able to see how far a car might be from you as you're driving. You would use your macula to be able to identify a person's face. But when you do suffer from macular degeneration, the cells in the retina that give us that high-definition TV, that clarity of sight, those cells are no longer functioning normally. And as one of the gentlemen earlier had asked a question, well, why can't we just use the cells from the peripheral retina? Well, the reason that that's not possible is that the cells in the peripheral retina, those cells are not designed to have high-definition. Those peripheral retinal cells give us our night vision, they're very sensitive to motion, and it's almost like they are our survival types of visual cells. Just like if you were a deer, you might have very, very good peripheral vision so that you don't see the predators, so you are able to see the predators coming after you. 
but it's the macula that gives us that ability to do higher level types of tasks such as reading, writing, working on the computer, playing bridge, going to Vegas and looking at the slot machines. Those are the things that the macular degeneration impacts on our day-to-day -day lives. So the good thing about it, as Dr. Small had mentioned, is that there's so many changes. There's so many changes in medicine that really make things much more promising. For the first time in clinical practice, we are actually seeing our patients at the Center for the Partially Sighted who have macular degeneration where their vision is actually improving with some of these types of treatments. And we also see that there's great promise with some of the different types of research. But in the area of what can be done right now, the advances in technology are really, really significant. And as for me, I am totally grateful, I feel blessed, that if there is ever a time to be visually impaired or partially sighted or even totally blind, there's no better time in the history of mankind than now. So the first thing we'll talk about are what are some of the different types of technological advances that's occurred over the past five years. And we can start out with the lowest technology, which would be what are called optical devices. Now many of you might have said, you know, I've gone to Walgreens and I bought myself a magnifier and it didn't work. So I went out and I bought even a bigger magnifier and that wasn't any better. Well, the truth of the matter is that the larger the magnifier, the weaker the power. So many folks, they go to Walgreens or they go to the 99 cent store and they buy a, a value pack of magnifiers and, 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 and it, it, it makes sense to try the biggest one. We would think that the bigger it is, that it's going to give us more magnification. Well, that's not the case. The second thing is that another component of magnification is distortion. When you buy different types of magnifiers, many of them have so much distortion that they are actually going to magnify the distortion that you have from macular regeneration. Many folks with wet macular regeneration, they complain that their vision seems to be wavy. They might notice that a straight line looks bent, the vertical or horizontal lines appear wavy. And that's because the fluid under the macula is leaking. Well, when you use a magnifier, many times you might be magnifying that type of distortion. So there are different types of magnifiers that are available, and many of these magnifiers now have special illumination that's built into it. These are called LED lights. And what we know is that most patients with macular degeneration are able to see much better under higher illumination. We have patients who say, I can read when I go outdoors. If I read at my porch in the morning, I can read just fine, even with my glasses. So one of the things that you want to consider is to investigate what are some of the newer types of magnifiers that are available that can have magnification, typically up to about 10 times magnification. So what that means is that if somebody is going to print something to you on, on the newspaper uh, that's going to be about the size of a headline, you might benefit from using some of these types of optical magnification. And if you are interested in looking at some of these things, I know here at the store at Braille Institute, we have some of the lower power magnifiers that go up to about four to five times magnification. And if you do need something that's even stronger, you could make an appointment with some of the low vision consultants here at Braille Institute who can show you some of the latest in terms of the low vision aids that can be very effective in helping you to do what you want to do. For some of you who are really interested in getting a special pair of glasses. 
doctors, optometrists who specialize in low vision, such as ours at the Center for the Partially Sighted, there are new changes in the technology with optical lenses. We can make glasses now that are equally strong as any magnifier available. The only limitation to these types of glasses is that you will have to hold them at a closer distance. And there will not be one single pair of glasses that could do everything for you. In other words, if you want to be able to read your mail, you may need to have a special pair of glasses for reading the mail. If on the other hand, you're hoping that you could see a play more clearly, or you want to go on vacation and sightsee, we can actually incorporate glasses that would have a telescope that could give you up to six, eight, ten times magnification as you're trying to look at things in the distance. So there's many specialized types of optical devices that a doctor can prescribe for you. One of the things that's very, very important to remember is that we have new technology in the area of filters. And these are prescription types of sunglasses that will be made of a special color to improve your contrast that could help you to see more clearly when you're walking. If any of you golf, there's amber colored types of lenses that can help you to see a golf ball much more clearly. If you want to fish, there's polarized lenses that can help you with fishing. So in the area of optical magnification and in terms of low vision optometry, there's significant changes that have occurred over the past two, three years. But the greatest amount of change and advances that we've seen in the area of low vision comes in the area of electronics. Now when we think about the process of vision, we have to think, what are the things that we could do to help those rod cells in the peripheral retina to see just as well, even if we have scar tissue in the macula? Now this is what you have to remember, is that if you have macular degeneration and the cells in the macula are damaged or even dead, then you still have 90% of your retina that is functional. So the peripheral retina, in order to be able to see details, will need magnification, it will need different colored images, and it's going to also need different levels of lighting and contrast. So video magnifiers, which are also called closed circuit televisions, they've been around for about 30 years now. In fact, Dr. Sam Chaninsky, who founded the Center for the Partially Sighted, he was one of the inventors of the closed-circuit television. And the changes in the technology has really evolved significantly for many reasons. Number one, they can provide magnification as high as 70 times, 70 to 75 times magnification. Number two, the video magnifiers can change the colors to help those peripheral retinal cells to see things more clearly. And number three, a video magnifier can give you much more contrast than any type of glasses could ever do that. So with video magnification, we can change the size, the color, and the contrast and give you a much wider field of view than we could ever achieve with any type of pair of glasses. Best of yet, the prices of these video magnifiers have reduced. In the past, these types of video magnifiers were anywhere between five dollars to $7,000, and if we were to look at how these prices, if they were adjusted for today's dollars in inflation, we're talking about they could be ten dollars to $12,000. So the technology has really changed. So now there are video magnifiers of much better quality that are at a much more affordable price. 
Now, there's different types of video magnifiers, and I think that the desktop video magnifier is the most valuable visual aid for a person who has macular degeneration. If the person wants to be able to read, look at photographs, sign checks, or even repair things, the desktop video magnifier is probably the best solution. And the way that the design of these video magnifiers are made is such that you have a computer screen. And these computer screens are going to range from about 17 inches to 22 inches, and they're a very thin, you know, they're the real thin, sleek, sexy kind of screens, so they don't take up so much space. And you can adjust them up and down so that you don't get a sore neck. And just underneath the monitor is a small camera, and the camera is going to focus on the table, and you can place things underneath there and you can very easily change the size, the color, and the contrast to help you to read, or to sign checks, or even to look at photographs. I know for myself, as I knew that my maculas were really deteriorating, one of the things that I did, I, I realized that my vision was really poor. I took out every photograph that I had, and I looked at the pictures of my kids, and you know all of my family members, and I wanted to store that into my visual memory. And with that video magnifier, I was able to do it. And it was something that I say, you know what, if I didn't have this, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And it would, just that in itself was worth every penny of it. We also know that there are, now that there are portable video magnifiers. And these are portable video magnifiers, which again, you could change the size, the color, and the contrast. You could carry these in your pocket. They have different size screens. Some of the screens are about three inches. And this is something that you would work very well if you want to go to a restaurant and you want to read the menu and you're getting kind of tired of ordering the Denny's combo with hamburger fries and a soda. You might just want to read the menu. And so with a portable video magnifier, you can do that. There are some that have a larger screen that are about four inches. And these are very helpful if a person needs a little bit more magnification. These are excellent if you're going to go shopping because with these portable video magnifiers, you can actually take the video magnifier and put it on the top shelf, and you can actually snap a picture and bring it down closer towards your eyes, and you can see what's the price of that item on the top shelf. We also now know that there are video magnifiers that would work very well for looking far and near. So if you attend a lot of seminars, or let's say, for example, that you're a woman who has difficulty putting on your makeup, or you want to pluck your eyebrows, or if you're a man and you're involved with doing different types of arts and crafts, we have video magnification systems that can focus at different distances, and they're portable. You could carry it if you're going to go on vacation, you're going to go to lectures and seminars, or if you want to take classes. So there's many changes in that avenue as well. One of the greatest changes that has occurred is just in the ability to access information. So as I lost my vision, there came a point where I really couldn't read for a long time with my video magnifier. My eyes became tired. And so now, here at the Braille Institute, we have programs where you can call on the telephone. And there's telephone services where a live reader will read the newspaper for you. I can listen to USA Today while I'm on the telephone going to work. There's other organizations now such as airsla.org 
and that's A-I-R-S-L-A.org. And they're actually recording uh, today's lecture and things as well. But this is a nonprofit organization where if you use a computer, you could go onto the airsla.org website. Whoops. Did I put somebody to sleep there? Okay. And through that, through that particular website, you could listen to newspaper, magazine articles, restaurant reviews, movie reviews, things about the Dodgers. So we do have access, even if we're not using our vision, we can access it. And we also now know that there are really major advances in cell phone technology. With the cell phones now, if you're looking for an emergency cell phone, there's phones that you could be totally blind and the buttons are large enough that you could feel it and you could dial these buttons very easily. The numbers on the screen are large print and this is a very, very affordable cell phone that will be as little as $10 a month for the monthly service. So if you just need somebody to call a cab for you, you may consider the Jitterbug, the Jitterbug cell phone. And uh, I'll give the phone number so if anybody is interested in that, they can call. But it's 800-918-8543. That's 800-918-8543. And this is a great emergency cell phone that I, I, I purchased for my dad. He had a hard time using cell phones and such. So it's very, very simple to use, and it's really designed for people with low vision and macular degeneration. If you're really a person who uses the phone much more often, we now have cell phones that you can just talk into the phone, and it will dial the numbers for you. And there's other cell phones that will actually talk back to you. So if you have kids or grandkids that do text messaging and send you text messages, you could now have a phone that will read those things to you out loud. So AT&T, they actually have a very special program just for people with vision impairment. And you could call the AT&T, they have a special line, and you would ask for the disabilities. And for about $200, you get a phone with a special software program that can either read it for you or it can magnify the screen. And the AT&T telephone number is 866-241. 6568. That's 866-241-6568. Okay? And if you really are looking for something that's just really, really fantastic, I know that Lisa Smolin is here today and she's going to be showing what's called the KNFB Reader cell phone. And this is a particular type of a cell phone that allows you to be able to listen to the messages. If you get text messages, the phone will read it to you. But you can also take a picture of, a, of your mail, a menu, even a fortune cookie, okay? And it'll read the fortune out loud to you. So the technology is really, really great. And a little bit later, then you can go to the exhibit hall and have uh, Lisa show you some of these things. So the main thing is that there's really tremendous technology that's available. And before that you go out and you invest your hard-earned dollars on it, I would say the important thing is to do really a side-by-side -side comparison and to find out what you really need. A lot of these types of devices have incredible features, but maybe you really don't need all of those things. 
And the best way for you to really find out what works best for you is to actually use them side by side. One of the things that we do have here at the Brown Institute and also at the Center for the Parsi Cited is that we do have showrooms where there's going to be the best brands available. So you could compare them side by side. And so if you're interested in that, you could make an appointment with some of the low vision consultants here at Braille and just tell them that you want a demonstration and you want their recommendations of, of what types of technology might, might be most uh, readily available for you. Okay? So um, I'm going to hand it over to Steve, and then we'll be taking some questions in a bit. And I also know that uh, there are some of the different vendors here who have free samples. So if anybody is looking for software, I know that Freedom Scientific, uh, Damien Pickering, and Toya Bruce, I don't know if they're in here, but they do have some free samples of software that you could use on your computer to scan your mail and other documents and it will read it aloud for you. Or they also have software magnification that will blow up and make the screen of your computer much larger. So um, if Damien Pickering or Toy Roos, if you're here, if you could holler out and people could then meet you. They're the sales managers here in L.A. Okay? Okay, there they are. Okay, all right, Steve. Well, thank you, Dr. Takeshita. And uh, again, I'd like to say thanks to everybody that uh, comes out. The fact that you're interested in learning more about what's available uh, speaks uh, greatly about uh, your interest in uh, continuing to live life. Um, as was said earlier, I am, have been totally blind since birth, and it strikes me as a little strange when I stop and think and hear myself referred to as an access technology specialist, because really, uh, for much of my life, I didn't have a lot of interest in technology or computers. Um, I was an English major, and my other love was broadcast radio, so when I was in college, um, that's what I was interested in doing. I used uh, an organization called Recordings for the Blind and Dyslexic, which provided me with books that were recorded on cassette tapes, and that's how I did much of my studying. I used a uh, what's called a Perkins Brailler, a mechanical device developed back in the late 1940s to write in Braille, and then I would sit down in front of my Smith Corona typewriter and um, read the Braille that I'd written, type it into the Smith Corona, hope the phone didn't ring so I wouldn't forget what I typed last and hope I didn't make very many mistakes because uh, obviously I had to have somebody else help me with whiteout and that sort of thing. Um, in the early 80s, um, I had lived uh, when I was in college with uh, several roommates that were electrical engineering students, and that's where the computer science folks, the department, uh, were in, and they encouraged me as I pursued my career in radio that I might want to consider computer technology. Uh, I was writing my news stories on a Perkins Brailler, and then I was uh, typing them into a typewriter so my coworkers could read my stories, and they were reading their stories to me and uh, doing a lot of manual stuff. So the Apple computer really did change my life because I was able to then take a file from one of my coworkers instead of having to have them read it to me, and the synthesized speech would read it to me. And I also had a Braille embosser connected to the computer, and it would actually print out the stories so I could then read the stories on the air, I could edit them, and it just opened up a whole new world for me. Um, many of you might be saying, oh, you know, computers, I don't get along with computers, I don't, uh, but one of the amazing technologies 
uh, technological advancements is how much easier things have gotten. And just as important for us that are visually impaired, uh, how much more, as we like to say, blind friendly the computers have become. Um, there are lots of programs out there that will help us do very specific things, and there are lots of things built into the Microsoft operating system, the Macintosh operating system, that allow us to uh, do things easier. I like to tell people that as blind folks, we do a lot of the same things that sighted folks do, we just do it in a different way. So instead of grabbing the mouse and clicking on this or clicking on that, I use keyboard commands that are actually not special for blind, they're actually built into Microsoft, um, but they're just not used by as many people because you have to remember them. So it does require a bit of memorization and a bit of different ways of doing things. So if I want to copy text, I instead of clicking on copy with the mouse, I would hit control C. Or to bold text in a document, instead of clicking on the bold and the, on the screen, I would do a control B. And there's lots of commands like this that are available. Um, the um, amazing thing is that there are a number of products out there. We have uh, screen readers, uh, probably half a dozen of them out there these days. Uh, Dr. Takeshi mentioned Freedom Scientific. That's probably the most popular one. Um, it's also a fairly high-priced screen reader, but it does a lot of stuff. Um, there's more to using a computer for a blind person than just having a talking computer because what you want to do with the computer is be productive. So you don't want to have it read from the top left-hand corner of the screen down to the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. I want to hear what I want to hear when I need to hear it. So sometimes I want to read an entire document. Sometimes I want to edit a document, and so I need to know, uh, have things read to me word by word or even letter by letter. Sometimes I need to know uh, what's bolded and what's highlighted and what's underlined and what's centered, and the screen reader will tell me all that information as I need to know it. Um, there are also um, screen readers now that are out there which are free of charge, and they don't have the full features of some of the screen readers that you pay several hundred dollars for, but they are a point that someone can start off at and find out if all this computer technology is really right for them. Another amazing thing that's come out are the products that we call OCR, Optical Character Recognition, or reading machines as we sometimes call them. And Dr. Takeshita mentioned the KNFB reader that Lisa has here. There are also uh, machines, uh, Freedom Scientific has one, Human Hearing has one, Other, or, I'm sorry, not Human Wear, but uh, Kurzweil has one. And these are go all the way from machines that you can put a book uh, on top of the machine or a piece of mail, a, uh, anything, pretty much almost anything except for handwritten text. And uh, the machine will scan that and then start reading it to you. And um, there are a lot, depending on what your situation is, which whether you want to read books or whether you want to um, go in a restaurant, as Dr. Tesh said, and read a menu or something, um, lots of different devices out there, different types of reading machines from the flatbed scanner type that are standalone that you don't need a computer for. You just uh, turn the machine on, um, put the book on top of it, and it starts to read to you. Uh, to the similar devices that actually work in conjunction with the computer, the advantage there being that they're not quite as expensive as a standalone device, and you have the option to save the text on your computer and then manipulate it. So say if you read uh, something 
uh, on, on a bill or even in a book or whatever, and you want to grab a piece of text and uh, send it to a friend as an email or uh, you know, print it out as a hard copy in large print, um, you have all those options available.